It's a good crowd. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. We're glad for each of you. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. Amen. 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 I know that I'm saved. Yeah. Turn in your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 4. Pastor Brad preached from here last Sunday evening. Uh, we're not going to preach his message, but we are going to preach from 2 Kings chapter 4. There are four miracles here in 2 Kings chapter 4. Elisha, the prophet Elisha, is involved in all four of the miracles. Elisha is a contemporary of Elijah and a great man of God. But chapter 4 opens by introducing us to a little widow lady. And she's lost her husband, who was a great man of faith. And she tells Elisha that when she comes to him, that you know that he was a great man of faith. But said, we have nothing. And the creditors are come to take my two boys as bondmen. And he asked the widow lady, what can I do for you? And he says, what do you have? Yeah. And she said, I don't have anything but a little pot of oil. Right. And he tells her, go out and borrow all the vessels that you can borrow. Yeah. Empty vessels. Put that emphasis on empty vessels. And bring them into the house. And when you've gathered all that you can gather, then shut the door behind you. And you begin pouring out of that little pot of oil. And she did. And she filled vessel number one. And she filled vessel number two. That's right. And vessel number three. And I don't know how many vessels that she had, but she filled them all. And the scripture says that the oil stayed until all the pots were full. The emphasis that I want to put here is it is a picture of God's grace. <laughs> and God's grace right. is sufficient yeah, that's good. for every trial that you'll ever encounter in this life. That's right. I don't care what the trial is, just put Jesus right in the mix and you can't use him up. He's all sufficient. God's grace is sufficient for every trial, grace for every mile. <laughs> yeah. Just put Jesus right in the mix and trust him to meet whatever the need might be. He's all sufficient to meet that need. And then, Elisha, there's a little village called Shunem. And he passes through this village often because there's a little Shunammite lady there and her husband, and she takes note of Elisha passing through Shunamm. And one day she says to her husband, let's invite him in. He needs a place to sleep, a place to lodge, food to eat. And she said, uh, 
in essence, I can tell by his walk <laughs> that he is a godly man. Yeah. Now, that, that speaks to me. Amen. I can tell by his walk Amen. that he is a man of God. And so they invite him in, and he eats with them, sleeps there. They furnish him a place to sleep. And after a while, she says to her husband, let's build him a prophet's chamber, and uh, we'll put a bed in it, a table, and a lamp. And that way, when Elisha passes through, he'll have a place to lodge. He'll have a place to eat. And, uh, and they did. And whenever Elisha passed through Shunem, he would enter that little prophet's chamber. There, he would be supplied with food, have a, have a place to sleep. And on one occasion, after they had did this for several times, he says to his servant Gehazi, go call this widow lady, this little Shunemite woman, and uh, you speak to her and ask her, what, what can we do for you? You've been so kind, so generous to us. What can we do for you? Well, she had need of nothing. But Gehazi comes back and Elisha asks her, what does she need? And uh, Gehazi says she needs nothing. But she's barren. Yeah. She has no children, her husband is old, and she would like to have a man-child. And he said, you call her. And she comes. And he says, about this time of year, according to the time of life, you're going to bear a man-child. You're going to have a son. Well, she thought, Elisha, that just couldn't be. But about that time of the year, according to the time of life, that little Shunammite woman gave birth to a son. Scripture says that he grew. And he grew to the point that he was old enough now to go out into the field with with his father and the reapers and reap. And one day he went out into the field uh, with, the, with the father and with the reapers and, and he wasn't out there long until he grabbed his head. And he said, oh, my head, my head. And they say, take him to his mother. And they take him to his mother, and he sits on her knee till noon, and then the child dies. Now watch what she does. She takes the child into the prophet's chamber, lays him on the prophet's bed, and runs out. Says to her husband, compel one of the servants to saddle an ass. And I'm going to go to Mount Carmel. <laughs> yeah, come on. And I'm going to lay hope on the man of God. And the servant prepared the ass, saddled the ass, 
And she said, don't slack in your writing because of me unless I tell you. In other words, I'm in a hurry. I, I need to get there. Yeah. And when Gehazi sees, when Elisha sees her coming, he says to his servant Gehazi, go down and see what this Shunammite lady needs. What, what is her need in coming here to this mountain? And when you meet her, ask her, say, is it well with thee? Is it well with the husband? Is it well with the child? And when he meets her, he asks her those three questions, and her answer was, it is well. <laughs> she goes right on past him and lays hold on to the feet of Elisha. And Gehazi comes and tries to get her away from Elijah or Elisha, and Elisha says, no, let her alone. I, I perceive that she's greatly troubled about something. And when she pours out her heart that the son is dead, Elisha gives his rod to Gehazi and says, make haste. Go to the prophet's chamber, lay my rod on the dead child, and perhaps the child will live. Well, he does that, but he comes back and he tells Elijah, no, the child is dead. There was no life in the child. And Elisha hastily makes way to his prophet chamber. He goes in, he shuts the door behind him, right. he stretches himself out upon that child, and he prayed unto the Lord as only a man of God can pray. And the scripture says that that little child, that young man, body began to warm. <laughs> and life came back into that young child. And he instructs to have take the young child and give him back to his mother. And I can just imagine right. that there was rejoicing in Shunem that night because God had did something that only God can do. Yes. But then Elisha travels to Gilgal. And he's traveling along with the sons of the prophets. Scripture doesn't say, but commentary says it's probably about a hundred men in theological training. And the scripture says that there was a dirt in the land, or there was a famine in the land. And Elisha has the prophets to sit down that are in training. And he tells them, set on a great pot of pottage, a seed and seed pottage for the sons of the men. And they do. And one, one of the prophets, preachers that was in training goes out and gathers gourds. Scripture says unknowingly he didn't know but he gathered gourds from a wild vine, brought them, and shredded them into the pot 
And when the pottage was all done, and they sat down to eat, they exclaimed, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And here's what Elisha said. Bring me some meal. And he put the meal in the pot, and they could eat the pottage, and there was no harm. And I want to suggest to you tonight that that meal is representative of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Believest thou this? And and I, I just want to say tonight, along with this text, and this is my text, O thou son of man, there is death in the pot. Now, I know this. I know that we're in the days of apostasy. I know that. And if you read scripture, you know that. And the scripture says that, that in the last days, evil men will watch worse and worse. Yeah. Now watch this. Being deceived and deceiving. Yeah. Evil men shall watch worse and worse. Being deceived and deceiving. And in Luke 18, 18, Jesus raises a solemn question. Here's the question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah. Now I'm talking about real, genuine, saving faith. There's no substitute for it. There's no alternates for real, genuine salvation. And this delusional, political salvation that is so rampant today and men and women are deceived and then they're being deceived. And evangelicals are even climbing on board uh, with this thing of political salvation. Uh, and here's what uh, one writer said, it was Kenneth Coulson, uh, who was once the editor of Christianity Today, and he said with the spread of moral rot that is destroying the roots of a free and a just society, we evangelicals need to join ranks, close ranks with our Catholic neighbors, with Mormons, with conservative Jews, with secularists who share our values. And so Christianity today is being redefined. Right. Uh, Christianity today is not what it once was. Right. But I want to tell you something. This political delusional salvation is straight out of the pits of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what party you belong to. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be an Independent. But there is no salvation in being a Republican. There's no salvation in being a Democrat. There, there is no salvation in being an Independent. Yeah. Salvation is in a person, 
And that person is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Deceived and being deceived. And and, uh, Pat Robertson said that that people of faith could be Mormons no matter who they are, so long as they share our political and our moral values. I'm telling you tonight, that's death in the pot. That is death in the pot. Uh, I, I remember... Just a few years ago, Pastor, maybe just about a year ago, Pastor Brad and I attended a thing in Charleston at the Capitol on family values. And, and, and there we, we was given this statistics, and I'm, I'm going to share it with you tonight. Civil War, 498,332 casualties. Yeah. World War I, 116,000. 708 casualties. World War II, 407,316. The Korean War, 54,246. Vietnam War, 58,655. War on Terror, 6,639. War on the Unborn, Want to hear it? Fifty-four million five hundred and fifty-nine thousand six hundred and fifteen. Now, I don't care what your political views are. Abortion is murder. I'm a firm believer that life begins at conception. And that life that begins at conception, just because it's helpless, and just because it resides in the womb of the mother, does not give us the right to murder that little infant in the womb of its mother, just because it's helpless and it lives there. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go on record. Uh, Facebook may wipe the message off, but I'm going to tell you this tonight. Knowingly, Pastor Delbert will never vote for anyone who is pro-life. Or pro-choice. Because, here's my conviction. If I vote for someone who is pro-choice, who says that a woman has a right to choose her, the things that go on with her own body, honey, that little light in the womb is not her own. It's a gift from God. And if I vote for a person knowingly, I am as guilty as the one who's performing the abortion. That's my conviction tonight. And, 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 and I want to tell you, that is death in the pot. That is, that is destroying our society. And, and we're in a society today that is nearly, a, and it may be as much so as was the generation of Noah when it said that the thoughts and the imagination of their hearts was evil continually, and therefore God had no choice but to judge and 
And I'm, I'm telling you tonight, I, I believe America has reached the point of no return. I do. I think we're under the judgment of God. We're going to continue to be under the judgment of God until there is a spiritual awakening in America. And I, I know we have a president today who, who is set on bringing unity, but the only way that we can have unity is the same way that Pastor Brad preached this morning. The only way that we can have peace is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way that we can have unity is in hearts that have been regenerated and born again because the problem with our society today it's not in the gun, it's not in the drug, it's not in alcohol and I, I'm opposed to drugs and alcohol as much as anybody but the problem with our culture today is the problem of a heart and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and there's no cure for a corrupt heart except a born again experience yeah. Yeah. with Almighty God. Only God can change the wicked heart of men and women and bring us into a right relationship where we can have unity, where we can agree, where that we can go on in a society and raise our children to love God and to fear God and to keep His commandments. Scripture says this is the whole duty of man. But, but Christianity today is being redefined. It's being called family values, traditional morality, uh, conservative politics, and so on and so forth. Uh, let me give you a little of the substance of this approach. Remember Larry King who died recently? I, I remember when he hosted James Dobson, and this is not an attack upon James Dobson or his salvation. I, I, I definitely believe James Dobson is a saved man. But King asked uh, James Dobson, why do you keep praying? You have these traditional days of prayer, and prayer doesn't seem to be answered. Dobson, well... It's a tradition that started with our forefathers, and they called it people of faith. King, what do you mean by people of faith? Now listen to this. Dobson, people of faith are people who call upon their God however they address him. We do not serve a generic Jesus. I want to tell you that tonight. There's one Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And this Jesus can't be praised by Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists, people who do not believe that Jesus Christ is deity, cannot be worshipped by those who do not acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, came to heaven, came from heaven to earth. To be among us, to live among us, to become one with us, and ultimately take our sin in his own body, go to a cross, and, and there pay our sin debt. Thank God 
There is but one salvation, and that salvation is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and I I don't care what you think tonight. I I don't care what you believe tonight. Uh, And you can preach and teach what you want to preach and teach. But I remember this. I remember, I remember Paul telling the Galatians, if me or an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel other than the gospel that I have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And the gospel that Paul preached was nothing short of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is salvation in none other. And tonight, I, I... Hey, there's so much death being put into the pot. And there is a cure. Thank God. There is a remedy. Elisha said, bring me some meal. Put it into the pot. Christ must become the center of our lives. Christ must become the center of the home. must become the center of the church and thus become the center of our government. And until our government gets back to acknowledging that there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus, there'll never be unity in America. Never be unity in the world. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do. I... Uh, I'm having Brad to research this thing. And I tell you, I'm totally opposed to my taxpayer doctor being supportive of abortion. And not only now is it going to be supportive of abortion in America, but it's going worldwide. We're going to be supporting abortion worldwide. I want to tell you tonight, sir, that's death in the pot. That is death in the pot. And there is but one remedy, President Biden, former President Trump, there's but one remedy, and that is get back to acknowledging the old paths wherein is a good way and walk therein. Hey, the price that the devil is paying for the souls of your children. Yeah. How true. Amen. Amen. And he's doing it through the educational system. And they're being indoctrinated rather than taught. Rather than being trained into the things of Almighty God. Four miracles. But the greatest is that fourth miracle. When Elisha said, bring me meal. Put it into the pot. Honey, until you put Jesus in the mix, there'll never be unity. There'll never be peace. And America is going to continue to flounder and falter. I'm I'm expecting the rapture to occur any day. Maybe today the rapture will occur and Jesus will... Step out on the clouds 
and summons his church to come home to be with him. I don't know what he's going to say. I rather expect him to say something like in Revelation 4, 1, where he says, come up hither. And here's the thing. There's something in the heart of a believer. There's something in the soul of a redeemed individual that will respond to the voice of Almighty God. It's like magnet latching onto a needle. Brother, it'll pick it right up. It won't bother the toothpick, but it'll pick the needle up. And there's something in me, bless God, that when He speaks, I'm going to answer. Be in the grave or be in the church, regardless. When God says to his darling son, Jesus, son, step out on the clouds of glory. My church has gone through enough. Summons them home to be with me. And Jesus is going to call. And thank God we're going to answer. And this old roof will be no barrier to us. We're going home. These old bodies will lay limp. But bless God. We are going home to meet the Lord in the air. And the scripture says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Boy, I'm going to ask uh, Rob to come tonight. Sonny, if you would. We'll sing an invitational song. And and if you're here and, and you're not right. Melinda, you have something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you come right ahead. But if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal salvation, I'm not talking about, I think I'm okay. No, you need to know tonight. And you can know. You can know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you have passed from death unto life. While Melinda sings, and God's speaking to your heart,